Bow wow. <laughs> Tic tac toe. Three in a row. G.I. Joe. Mm, that's it. I don't know what that, <laughs> I don't know what comes next. G.I. Joe. I, 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 I was just, that was just what was going through my head at that time. Okay. So I, I didn't see this, but Tyler sent me a video of him taking Sasha on a walk past this one store in um, the town where I live that had mannequins and Sasha stopped and looked at the mannequins and like boofed at them. <laughs> she thought, oof, yeah. <laughs> she like jumped up a little. She was like, Aww. It's, so cute. it's so cute. Aww. So anyways, how are you, Kels? It's been a, it's been a while since I've seen you. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been <laughs> Hold my head up high. Been a while. Um, it's been good. Uh, let's see. What have I been doing? Uh, we're digging some holes in our basement. Yep. Working on that foundation. Yeah. Um, so we got a bunch of two by two by two creepy holes in the basement. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I don't really understand how it works what you're what you're doing by digging holes to make a foundation well first of all it's the the purpose is twofold Mm -hmm. purpose number one hiding dead bodies Mm -hmm. purpose number two we're creating like a so you drill down two feet so that and you fill it with concrete Mm -hmm. so that you have something to put oh you've told me this columns stupid yeah Yeah, okay you're not stupid okay thank you i'm just i Um, forgot but this is not an interesting story because, you know. Well, we record in Kelsey's house and Kelsey bought a, like, beautiful fixer-upper and I'm obsessed with it. And I think it's so, they're doing such a great job. And Well, thanks. Well, I'm really excited because in a week or less, four days, I'm going to be going on vacation. Yes. And so we're recording double time this time. Mm-hmm. Double duty. So if you hear, you know, multiple jokes that sound very similar. Callbacks, if you will. They say <laughs> in the biz. That's what they call it in the biz, you know. You're so experienced. <laughs> Thank you. So wise, knowledgeable. <laughs> yes. So, but we got some emails. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about wanna- some of our emails. One is like a clarification. Correction slash learning lounge, if you will. Yeah, let's bring it into the learning lounge for a second. Welcome. Peel back the velvet curtain. Take a step in. Side. Ooh. Ooh, everything. This, the soft scent of vanilla and cinnamon envelop your senses. As See, you step I wanted in. to I wanted to smell like sandalwood in the learning lounge and bergamot. Well, we have two learning lounges, so the next one Oh, okay, right. Sound like this. Right, right. Or smell like this. Because we have a <laughs> It sounds and smells like this. Okay. So, we have a listener email from a lovely lady named Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. So, Liz wanted to let us know about uh, minions, minions, from our episode on exorcisms. Yes. So, I'm going to read that email. All right. Hi, guys. Just listened to the newest pod. Amazing as always. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, Liz. Um, I almost skipped because exorcisms freak me the f out but i listened to the whole thing because it was super interesting and informative also thank you liz also thank you um anyway i had no idea jews did exorcisms but i can give you a little background on minions well so we called them minions in the episode 
Minion literally means number and is pronounced minion. Okay, there you go. Minion. <laughs> so a minion is a group of 10 bar mitzvahed men, sometimes also women in more reformed groups, but they must be adults. The minion is needed for a few different rituals, but most well known for sitting shiva. This is a morning service after a Jewish funeral. You must have a minion to recite the mourner's kaddish. I hope I'm saying that right. Which is basically the most holy morning prayer. It is interesting to learn that they could do exorcisms as well. Anyways, not sure if you were interested, but felt the need to share some background info. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. We appreciate it. And yeah, pronunciations are also not our strong suit. No. So super appreciate any um, suggestions there. But there you go, guys. Minions do more than just exercise. <laughs> exercise <laughs> demons from people of the jewish faith so there we go yay thanks Liz. awesome appreciate, appreciate it appreciate you now if you walk through the beaded curtain into the other side of the learning lounge that smells like <laughs> oh bergamot and sandalwood <laughs> yep we oh wait will... we have another correction no this is actually something that when i was editing our gold rush episode you know i did the research on it as you all know I was editing it and I was like, wait a minute, I think I should look into this one part of it a little bit more, which is specifically how gold is formed. In the episode, I said that underwater volcanoes like spewed up lava that was filled with minerals and one of those minerals was gold, right? And Kelsey, you replied, oh, I didn't know that's how gold was made. Well, it's yes, but also no. <laughs> is it? Is it how gold is brought to the surface it's of the how earth? gold is brought to the surface of the earth okay but this is how gold is made and hey guys we're here to learn so obviously this is a welcoming space we, it's okay to make mistakes exactly all right so from uh thoughtco.com um how is gold formed scientists believe that all of the gold on earth formed in supernovae or like a supernova and neutron star collisions that occurred before the solar system formed. Gold sank into the Earth's core during the planet's formation. So uh, supernova is when a star explodes, and a lot of times like the, the debris and stuff creates a new planet. So that's what this is saying. The gold Aww. then sank to the Earth's core. Theoretically, it's possible to form gold using a nuclear process of fission, or fusion, fission, and radioactive decay. It's easiest for scientists to transmute gold by bombarding the heavier element mercury and producing gold via decay, which is super interesting. I had no idea. Gold cannot be produced via chemistry or alchemy. Chemical reactions cannot change the number of protons within an atom. The proton number or atomic number defines an element's identity, as, as we somewhat maybe remember from chemistry class. Periodic table, baby. Yeah, so... Gold so, then was brought to the Earth's surface through the volcanoes, which, as we know, you know, go to the Earth's core and get to the magma and all that good, you know, center orangey, of the other shit. Yeah, orange goodness and pop it up and yeah. Wow. There you go. So scientific. <laughs> uh, really scientific. We haven't done really, we've done some like psych, psycho Ooh. psychology. Yeah, psychology sciences topics, but no like science science earth science um well actually so yeah what the what would this be called like outer space science uh earth and space science okay yeah right so yeah yeah, yeah. no um do you want to transition into the topic already because i actually have a point that i 
found while researching this. Um, I won't give out my topic yet, but I learned that people call different types of sciences hard science, which is like physical science, like earth science, chemistry, you know, zoology, whatever. And then they call social sciences like psychology. Mm -hmm. Those are called social sciences versus hard sciences, which I just thought was like I found that while researching, which I just thought was like a very interesting way to call like I would guess physical sciences technically. Yeah. Honestly, sometimes I feel like when we look up our topics, I feel like we sometimes go down a black hole, if you will, of like, (laughs) there's endless amounts of like, if we could keep, we can keep going. Like, Mm -hmm. there's always, you could keep going. You have to figure out what the barriers are of like, okay, I need to stop researching. For real. But actually, let's really quickly before we get started, welcome to Brought to You by the Letter. It's a podcast. It's hosted by Carly and Kelsey. I am Carly. I am Kelsey. Yeah, we... If you haven't gathered from the Learning Lounge, from what we've been discussing, we like to talk about and research topics about things that we kind of know about, but don't really know about and want to know more about, basically. Mostly for me, it's I'm really bad at remembering stuff and recalling stuff. So when I have a research paper in front of me, it's a lot easier to uh, talk about things. Right. Exactly. And when your best friend is telling you the research paper, it makes it a lot better to learn from them than maybe a teacher or you know whatever when you were 16 in school and didn't want to be there half the time so yeah I don't know we're just yeah that's what we're about we're just on a learning journey exactly I mean we're all trying to better ourselves knowledge is power let's keep Mm -hmm. it going before I begin I have a couple questions for you Uh uh-oh ready (laughs) yes (laughs) John 12 years old is three times as old as his brother how old will John be when he is twice as old as his brother? Okay, so John is three times older than his brother. How old mm-hmm. will he be when he's double his age? How of? old will John be when he is twice as old as his brother? So John has a little brother. Let's call mm-hmm. him Mark. So John is 12, and he's three times older than Mark. So oh, how, okay. how old does that make Mark? Four. Mm-hmm. So how old will John be? When he is twice as old as his brother. Okay, <laughs> Maybe you need on, paper. I, no, I would I, need nope, paper. I got to this. Do this. I got this. So if it's 12 and 4, and they're eight years apart. So 16. 16? That is correct. Yes. Next question. Oh, darn it. This one you'll definitely probably you'll probably need a calculator. Definitely probably need a calculator. That's <laughs> or paper. Like I just math shit I need to write on paper. Alright. Let me just try. Me. Let me try to put it in my mind okay. for a second. Two families go bowling. While they are bowling, they order a pizza for $12, six sodas for $125 each, and two large buckets of popcorn for $10.86 each. If they're going to split the bill between the families, how much does each family owe? I got to use a calculator because this is... That's expensive popcorn, by I the know. way. <laughs> it was twenty sixty one each. Correct. Yes. Queen. Final question. Okay. I actually My math don't teacher would be proud. I actually don't know how to solve this one. Okay. So four, nine, sixteen, twenty-five, thirty-six, blank, Ugh. and sixty-four. What number is missing? Actually, I know how to solve this. I hate these and <laughs> hold on, I need to write this down. There's no way I can know all those numbers. Is it forty two? No, you're so close, though. 43? No. 44? 41? 40. Oh, you just went the opposite way. I don't know. 
49 because it is two times two is four three times three is nine four times four is 16 five times five is 25 i hate math (laughs) so sometimes and this leads us to iq brought to you by the letter i (laughs) oh heck (laughs) those were all questions from various iq or intelligent quotient that's what iq stands for tests they were first created over a hundred years ago and are still widely used today to measure your mental agility and ability rude (laughs) so even though they're famous everyone knows about them the legitimacy of an iq test is actually debated among educators and scientists and for you to understand why it's really important to learn about the history of the iq test i would love to learn about the history of the iq test all right well let's do it let's get into it well thanks for making my brain work really hard (laughs) um if you have more problems you can defer them to my dog maggie perfect will do also i have no clue like those were internet ones so i don't know if you know you're allowed to use a calculator if you have to do everything on scratch paper i'm not really sure because a lot of those were math based as you know yeah so i have taken an iq test before have you taken an iq test? i've never before? taken one i've taken a couple uh-huh but the thing is i don't know if it's i don't think it's accurate well exactly we'll get it because it says i'm a genius and i don't <laughs> think i am <laughs> i know i'm not actually i can confirm i'm not so chelsea <laughs> I was not expecting that. Amazing. <laughs> or it says I'm 160 something. And I that's like too high. Yeah. It's too high. <laughs> so um, during the early 1900s. The 1900s? Mm-hmm, the Whoa. French government asked this psychologist named Alfred Binet to help. Or maybe Binet because it's French. Probably. B-I-N-E-T. Binet. Alfred Binet to help decide which students were most likely to experience difficulty in school. Binet and his colleague, Theodore Simon, began to develop some questions that focused on things that they thought weren't necessarily like taught in school, such as attention, memory, and problem-solving skills. Binet realized that some younger children were able to answer more advanced questions that older children were generally like they had no problems with um, and vice versa. So based on this observation, he came up with the concept of mental age or a measure of intelligence based on the average abilities of children in a certain age group. Does that make sense? Yes. So thus, the Binet-Simon scale was born, which is the basis for the modern IQ test. Funnily enough... Uh, Binet actually thought that these tests were not complete and like good measures for intelligence since the test isn't able to properly measure creativity or emotional intelligence. So I know you like when you brought up that you were a genius, like I feel like I would not test well on an IQ test because number one, I'm not a good test taker. I had to take the SAT three times. That's like 24 hours of my life that I will never get back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Because I, I just I just did not do well. But I think that I am very creative and I have great emotional intelligence. So like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I also, it was like an internet one. Don't want to like spout that I'm a genie because I'm not. And, and it was definitely from the internet and not going to lie. I totally guessed on a lot of them. So it's well, like. Well, great. 
I think what we've learned from this is I'm a great guesser. Yeah, for sure. Least amount of effort, most <laughs> amount of return. Exactly. So when the Benet Simon scale, that's what they called it, was brought to the United States, it generated a lot of buzz. A Stanford University psychologist named Lewis Turnman used Binet's test and standardized it using a sample of American participants. So he kind of like created a baseline for everyone's um, intel- age intelligence or whatever to be based off of. And was this at, so did they set it at a certain age? Like it was supposed to be for, like you're supposed to take IQ tests at a certain age? No, or? they didn't do that. They just, okay. they just like standardized. That's how they started to develop yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. So this slightly altered test was published in 1916 and was called the Stanford Binet Intelligence Scale and became the primary intelligence test used in the United States. So it's only in the United States? No, it's used elsewhere. I'm really primarily just talking about uh, the IQ test in the United States going forward. It started in France by Binet and that other guy. Oui, oui. (laughs) Oui, oui. Yes. So the Stanford Binet intelligence test used a single number known as the intelligence quotient, or as I said earlier, IQ, to represent an an individual's score on the test. Based on the score of the test, the individual was given a mental age, as we discussed earlier. The IQ score was calculated by dividing the test taker's mental age by his or her chronological age and then multiplying that number by 100. So it's very interesting because during, depending on different ages of your life, you could score differently you know what i mean oh so i could take it now and be like oh yeah you've definitely gotten dumber (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) oh that's okay yeah i've accepted it for example a child with a mental age of 12 and a chronological age of 10 would have an iq of 120 there's our math that we love you know Mm. love it so since it was brought to the u.s institutions like the military and the police started to use these IQ tests to screen potential applicants. The U.S. Army screened approximately 1.75 million draft guys in World (laughs) War I to evaluate the intellectual and emotional, like, temperament of the soldiers. These results were then used to determine how capable a soldier was to serve in the armed forces or like what job classification or leadership positions they would have, basically. Doesn't that seem a little discriminatory, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. it does. Yeah. Before you even got in, you know, I think when people, I think nowadays it's a little differently. Like you get drafted or use a volunteer sign up or whatever. Everyone enters at the same level of like cadet or what, you know, everyone's right, at the right. same place to start. But in, yeah, World War One, they used the IQ test to place people differently, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that for sure, though. So if you know, please email us by the letter pod at gmail.com. We love corrections. <laughs> Thanks. So in the early 1900s, the U.S. educational system also began to use the IQ tests to identify, quote, gifted and talented students, as well as those with special needs who require additional educational help and like academic environments. Uh, My sister was a gifted student and I was not. And I always was so jealous of her. I'm so glad you brought that up because so is my brother. (laughs) He was we both 
when we moved here, we both had to take the test for deep. Yep. Which is just another fucking thing <laughs> that is rude. Yeah, I know. And I who's know. who's cooler now, world? <laughs> Still my brother, but it's okay. You know? It's okay. <laughs> I know. I just, I thought, like, deep was more of a thing in elementary school for us and it just looked like they always did such cool and fun things and i just like wanted so badly to also do them so i was yeah. like so jealous see i think this is the problem i'm pissed because i you know how we were talking about the education system in mm-hmm. the gold rush episode yes i think probably what a lot of it is is also depending on which level you're in in the united states we have levels right and every school system is different but we had like basic level you know, then you above had grade level, above grade level. And then below. you had like, did you, did you, have, did they have below grade yep. level classes? Yep. Oh, they didn't call it that, but right. Yeah. Well, they had like honors and then they had AP, which right. was like the highest, I think. Right. So I'm sure in AP classes, they talked a lot about impact and, sure. you know, all these different things. But it's yeah. like, I think that every child should and every child can. Right understand and talk about those things yeah it seems like the care gets a little bit less as you go to just being a normie like myself it's not yeah it's not you know just from my personal experience in school i know that we we i don't think we should like generalize that because i know that there are some teachers who do the like below grade level or i don't remember what they called it but like right this is just all my personal experience no for sure like there were some teachers Um, actually I'll talk about her my favorite teacher her name was Mrs. Mapes she passed away from cancer when I was in college but she was an incredible teacher and she taught honors English and she also taught the below grade level English and like every single student fucking loved her because she gave a fuck and wanted you know I'm gonna cry like she wanted her kids to give a fuck too and they did you know yeah. because she did which right. is really incredible it's true so. like a lot of it has to do with like the teacher mm-hmm. if the teacher cares you have students that care yeah which so. is like yeah uh, all right done it, crying i'm sorry no, yeah okay. it sucked it's some people world. are too good for this world so for real yeah for real back to the story so shifting slightly from school the tests after the war after world war one like i mentioned were used for some different situations instead of the military. For example, IQ tests were used to screen new immigrants as they entered the United States. The results of these tests were unfortunately used to make sweeping and inaccurate generalizations about entire populations, which led some intelligence, quote, experts to ask Congress to enact immigration restrictions. So here's where I I get back into it, which I mentioned to Kelsey over text. I always choose the racist topics. So here we go. (laughs) So alongside this, like, new use of the IQ tests in the 20th century, was the argument that a level of a person's intelligence was influenced by their biology. And do you know what this term I'm referring to is? I do not, but I probably will once you say it. So there are these people called ethnocentrists and eugenicists. Ethnocentrist is somebody who studies ethnocentrism, which is evaluation of other cultures according to the preconceptions, aka stereotypes, originating in the standards and customs of one's own culture. 
while eugenicist is someone who studies eugenics, which is the study or belief in the possibility of improving the qualities of the human species or a human population, especially by such means as discouraging reproduction by persons having genetic defects or presumed to have inheritable undesirable traits called negative eugenics or encouraging reproduction by persons presumed to have inheritable or desirable traits positive eugenics this is primarily based eugenics is primarily based in racism because they claimed as we will learn that only white people should be reproducing with white people i would like to argue that we definitely should not (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah as a white person it's a no for me <laughs> yeah. um but also what the heck that seems please tell me this isn't still the thing please tell me it's not well let me just keep going and okay. we'll, we'll get i'm gonna buckle up continue to sip my so seltzer. have you heard i haven't heard of ethnocentrism but i have heard of eugenics have you heard of that before i've heard both of those yes oh, okay so the there are these people who like i mentioned before called themselves some social scientists don't know if that's valid but they viewed intelligence and other social behaviors as being determined by one's biology or race and they latched onto these iq tests to prove their point basically and this was did you say what time of the period this was or is it just a it was in the like post world war one world war two world up until the 70s to some to beyond so (laughs) into beyond yeah so they claimed that the gaps in these tests were very apparent between ethnic minorities versus whites or between low versus high income groups of people so they were like oh look at the the i already hate these people so some people said that these test results provided evidence that socioeconomic and racial groups were genetically different from each other and that systemic inequalities were partly a byproduct of evolutionary processes so (laughs) this asshole named carl brigham he is a princeton university psychologist analyzed these findings and wrote a book in 1922 called A Study of American Intelligence. He used these meticulous statistical analyses to demonstrate that the American intelligence was declining, claiming that increased immigration and racial integration were to blame. To address these issues, he called for restrictions on immigration and to prohibit racial mixing. Another- Describe my face right now. Describe my face right now. <laughs> you're just like done. You just like are fucked. You're just like, I'm fed up. I'm done with this episode. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, just, this just like really hurts. It doesn't sound, it it doesn't hurts my sound heart. great. I think that this is a somewhat known thing. Tyler knew this, but he did listen to, I will mention it now. He listened to a podcast about it and i did listen to a little bit of it just in passing called my year in mensa by jamie loftus um mensa is an organization that people who have extremely high iqs can join and it was a very interesting podcast i think it's like 10-ish episodes that this woman was in mensa and she 
gives like a firsthand experience of how that is. And it is basically one of the things I think she said is like, how can these people that are so fucking smart be so stupid still? So it's just like... Because it doesn't measure emotional intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you need to have both in order to be a good person a good person (laughs) a generally good person it's like yeah yeah, you can be smart but you can also be a dick and yeah you can right and there was and there was still like she was a woman she's a worm (laughs) she's a worm (laughs) she's a woman so there was like a lot of sexism still and a lot of racism still like within menza in more recent years so it's just you know yeah, the last time I heard about Menza was like in middle school. Yeah. Are they still a thing? <laughs> I think there. I think so. There was like a or game. are we just like uh, shouldering them out? We're just like, nah, you're yeah, not cool enough yeah, anymore. For real, they're the nerds, so we don't talk. Get out to of them. here, nerds! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so mean. <laughs> Another American psychologist and education researcher named Lewis Terman wrote. Quote, high grade or borderline deficiency is very, very common among Spanish, Indian, and Mexican families of the Southwest and among African Americans. Their dullness seems to be racial or at least inherit in the family stocks from which they come. Children of this group should be segregated into separate classes. They cannot master abstractions, but they can often be made into efficient workers from a eugenic point of view. They constitute a grave problem because of their unusually prolific breeding. End quote. That's my least favorite thing that I've heard yeah. in a long time. So if you want to get even darker. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, here we go. In their darkest moments, IQ tests became a way to exclude and control marginalized communities using fancy scientific language. Supporters of these ideologies in the 1900s used IQ tests to identify, quote, idiots, imbeciles, and the feeble-minded. These were people, eugenists argued, who threatened to dilute the white Anglo-Saxon genetic stock of America. So, as a result of this, many American citizens were sterilized. (gasps) No. Yep. No. In 1927, Buck versus Bell was a ruling where the U.S. Supreme Court legalized forced sterilization (gasps) of citizens with developmental disabilities and the, quote, feeble-minded who were frequently identified by their low IQ scores. This resulted in over 65,000 coerced sterilizations (gasps) of individuals who thought to have low IQs. No. Those in the U.S. who were forcibly sterilized in the aftermath of Buck versus Bell were disproportionately poor people or people of color. Uh, yeah. So. What the heck? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is just so fucked up. So sterilization on the basis of IQ, criminality, or sexual deviance continued in the United States until the mid-1970s, when organizations like the Southern Poverty Law Center began to file lawsuits on behalf of these people who have been sterilized. And in 2015, the U.S. Senate voted to compensate living victims of government-sponsored sterilization programs. You're a little late. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, cool, we only have three left because there's only three living. Yeah, right. Wow, what assholes. I know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But but also just like, uh, the IQ test, the fucking inventor of the IQ test was like, yeah, this isn't really a good test. 
you shouldn't use it to rule your world that's honest that's honestly <laughs> what a lot of our problem is yeah it's all that's always our problem is like we just never question the shit that yep. keeps keeps going and keeps influencing huge decisions in our society why mm-hmm. why do we continue this shitty shittiness why like there's no reason because some rich influential person a long time ago said we should and nobody questioned it yeah i just love how he's like yeah don't use this yeah for, like actual intelligence and they're like all right we're gonna base um 65,000 sterilizations on this iq test alone and also we're gonna let it influence policy and yep. like that just wow yep Hey, other countries besides America, are you this messed up or is it just us? I just want to know. I think that's, I think it's a little bit of everything, but yeah. Are you just saying that because we're stuck in America or? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that because we're stuck in America. So today, some researchers think that intelligence is a concept that is specific to culture, which makes a lot of sense. They say that it appears differently, intelligence, I mean depending on the context and the same way that like many cultural behaviors would for example burping may be seen as an indication of enjoyment after a meal or a sign of praise which is very true in like asian cultures while it is considered impolite in our society (laughs) what may be considered intelligent in one environment might not in others another example knowledge about medicinal herbs is seen as a form of intelligence in certain communities within africa but does not necessarily like correlate with western academic intelligence tests you know what i mean some researchers say that the cultural specificity of intelligence makes these iq tests biased towards the environments in which they were developed because you know like i said earlier france and the united states which were the two like france invented it united states kind of developed it into the widely used version today are mainly white western societies so this makes that test not as effective in these culturally diverse settings the same test given to different communities would not recognize the different cultural values that shape each community and what values these cultures like deem to be intelligent behavior. You know what I mean? Furthermore, knowing the IQ tests history of being used to question like racially motivated beliefs about what different groups of people are capable of. Some researchers say that these tests cannot objectively or equally measure an individual's intelligence at all. Like, we have been saying (laughs) Um, but at the same time there are current efforts to demonstrate how the iq test can be used to help those very communities who have been most harmed by them in the past so in 2002 it was actually ruled unconstitutional that the criminally convicted individuals with intellectual disabilities or like mental disorders they could not be assessed with iq tests basically cruel and unusual punishment they can't use an iq test to determine what they do to a prisoner you know it has to be done through a psychologist or therapist or something like that they can assess their issues that way but not using iq test makes sense yes but i didn't know they used like why would they use psychology to determine or to put you in solitary confinement if you were like a danger to others right but so so it's criminals that were convicted that were maybe 
deemed like insane or whatever you yeah. know what i mean they can't then give that person an iq test to help like oh further exactly. prove their point exactly. or whatever exactly interesting okay it's annoying that it was even used in that way in the first place. It seems it seems like Americans loved it. Like it seems like back in the day, like everyone was like, "Ah, let's do it! Like let's give up you, you take an IQ test. You, you take, take an, an IQ, IQ test. test." So going back to education, Ugh. actually, IQ tests may be a more actually positively objective way to identify children who can benefit from these like special education services like the deep or gifted people or students that need extra help because what we learned earlier ethnic minority children and those whose parents have low income are usually under representation in gifted education but the way children are chosen for these programs means that um, black and Hispanic students are often overlooked in some U.S. school districts there's like this specific procedure of if a child determined gifted or not. And it relies on a teacher observation and referral and then also an IQ test. But there's some research that suggests a teacher's perceptions on how they view a child, if the teacher's fucking racist or not, if the teacher is this favorite the teacher's pet, like favorite child, can severely um, impact the way the child's IQ scores the academic achievement as well as the attitude during this process so like just a teacher being there can influence how the student does you know what i mean interesting okay so this means like the teacher what they think of the student can have an impact on the likelihood of a child being referred for gifted or not so like in this case iq tests are kind of a more standardized like equal ground thing so that's what you took right <laughs> yeah and i'm just dumb <laughs> yeah well no yeah 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 research found that school districts that just used iq tests on all of the children were able to get more like historically underrepresented groups in the gifted program than doing this like teacher recommendation this like all this right. other stuff you know what i right. mean right well, that makes sense because like especially if you're introverted it doesn't it, exactly. or like you don't exactly like exactly that I didn't engage a lot in school because sure. I was extremely introverted, still am. But, you know, like, I don't think I would ever get a teacher recommendation for anything exactly. because I didn't try to engage in that way. You exactly. Know? Exactly that. Like, if you weren't a teacher's pet, if you were shy, if you, you know, but you were gifted, this IQ test is a level playing ground for a lot of, you know, using an IQ yeah. test. Yeah. They can also, like I mentioned, help identify some inequalities in a child's development and it can include impacts of environmental issues like exposure to lead and arsenic or the effects of malnutrition on brain health wait, that wait, wild? wait what yeah so they've been shown to have a negative impact on an individual's mental ability and affects a lot of like low income and ethnic minority communities. So they can help identify that basically. IQ tests can help identify like arsenic and shit like that? Yeah, if if I'm assuming so, it's like if they maybe take it, took a test a number of years ago and then it has severely declined, you know, in a, Interesting. you know what I mean? Okay. Here's a cool thing that happened. There's this training called neurofeedback training, and it's used to help people who have ADHD like manage it. And neurofeedback training is a process. It's like very therapeutic, and it 
helps a person to self-regulate their brain functions, actually. And it's used with people who have, like, a brain imbalance, like, uh, drug addiction, depression, or ADHD. They use these IQ tests to find out if the training was, like, actually working and, like, helping the, the patients improve their concentration. And specifically with the children that had ADHD and they learned that this training was because of the increase in their IQ score. So like you can use this test as a measure of progress. You know what I mean? Like this Mm -hmm. is how this person was suffering before. This is where they're at. We do this, these, you know, training. We are helping this person six months later. Now look where they're at. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's not used to measure your intelligence ability. It's yes, exactly. It's used to measure your progress, your intellectual ability. Exactly, that's what I exactly. <laughs> that's what a smart person would say: intellectual <laughs> ability. So, in conclusion, since the invention of the IQ test, it created a lot of strong arguments in support and against its use. Both sides are focused on the communities that have been negatively impacted in the past by use of these intelligence tests for the eugenic purposes, which we hate. The use of these IQ tests in a range of settings, like we discussed, and the continued disagreement over the their validity, and even if they're like moral, right or wrong, shows us that not only that society places such a huge value on intelligence, but also our desire to understand it and measure it. And that is IQ, brought to you by the letter I. Damn. Yep. You know how to pick them. I definitely would like to re-listen to this My Year in Menza podcast, because like I said, I just kind of peaked in every so often but this is this podcast is definitely like a modern somewhat more recent retelling of people who use this test to rule their lives basically and think that they're hot shit and you know what I mean (laughs) and this woman just so happened you know to score high on it and she's a journalist so she's like sure I'll get go into Mensa and see what it's about yeah so that's IQ wow there you go ah (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know how to feel. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I think once, like, we ranted about before, the inventor, he had good intention. And and as we learned, it actually is a pretty accurate, as a standard baseline test in education, it's pretty good. But used to determine why your racist beliefs in policy, like you're saying, are true, you well, know, not it, necessarily yeah. valid. It's it's like any tool. It can be used for good or evil. And yep. you just have to decide how you want to use it. And that's unfortunately how people used it. Yep. Ugh, bummer. Yep. Now Maybe I- we should take IQ tests and let everybody know what our IQ is. <laughs> we should take one like separately. We, yeah. we should take the same one. Yes, and definitely. It, I would love that. Because yeah. if I actually tried it an IQ test instead of like guessing and because it is time based, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. I can't remember if my memory is serving me correctly because I have none. <laughs> so in my mind, one of two things happened. I either answered it as fast as I could and I guessed on a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So it could have been chance or nope, I think that's it. <laughs> I think I guessed well, I don't a lot wanna, of it. I don't want to do one that's like 50 questions. I like to do like a 20 question one. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to sit here with like my pen and paper, like trying to do math. Like, no. Oh, no. We're going through another SAT here. No. Uh, Kelsey, no. I would love to understand how different areas around the world measure intelligence because we 
so we use like the SAT or the ACT Mm -hmm. is a very American thing to do to get into college. I just know from having a friend in Germany and I, I stayed there for three weeks that it is all determined if you want to go to college or not on one test at the end of the year. Really? When you're a senior, it's one test. Wait, so now the, te- the test determines it or the test recommends one way or the other? The test, you, I think you kind of just asked me the same question. Well, so, so does it say you are either good to go to college, go to college, or you don't, you're not going to college, don't go to college? Or does it say this is the recommendation or you would be best suited for this, however the, you can do whatever you want? I believe it's the first thing. I believe okay. it's the first because thing. Because I was where- going to say, like, the SAT kind of dictates yes. your ability to go to college exactly. in some level. Some college, I don't, I don't I don't really know how it works, but I know that your SAT is a determining factor for you getting into colleges mm-hmm. in the United States. However, it doesn't necessarily say, like, you cannot go to college. Exactly. If you- right. <laughs> It'll help you get into a specific college, basically. Right. right. Yeah. I also know in Germany, I just know this because, like I said, I have a friend in Germany. <laughs> there is also, I believe when they're in like fifth or sixth grade, there's another test that they take that determines what high school they go to. And there's like three different types of high schools. And one of the highest go to something called, it looks in English, gymnasium, but it's pronounced gymnasium. And that's like on track to go to college and then there's one below that's like on track to get a trade job and then there's like one below that that's like you graduate at 16 and you're just expected to go into the workforce at like a what we would what we would consider here like a minimum wage job basically like at a restaurant or you know whatever that's just so fascinating to me i feel like we're so obsessed with intelligence tests and I don't want to be like a jerk. Some of the smartest people I know are the dumbest people on earth. Yeah. Like, yep. and then some of the people who I wouldn't, who wouldn't necessarily be considered the smartest people in the room are the most amazing people and actually can have managed our life and Kelsey. like get through shit the best way possible. Kelsey, we contain multitudes. We do contain <laughs> multitudes. So my whole shtick was... How do I get all A's by doing the least amount of work? So if I had gotten A's in all my semesters and then gotten an A on the midterm, I was like, okay, I can get a C on the final and still get an A for this class. So I would just like not study for that because I was just like, I don't need to know that. I just don't. See, I should have been more like you. I, I don't know if it necessarily benefited me. Um, well, I had more time to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> no but it's do like hood rat shit yeah do all the hood rat shit that we were doing how often do you think about your sat score never until today you made me same. think about it same yeah. who gives a shit yep is that gonna literally be the cross that you die and you're like all right if you're like talking to people you're like oh what'd you get on the sats oh yeah right. really <laughs> right. well i'm in menza <laughs> so, sorry, i'm sure the menza oh, people are yeah. so mm. nice but <laughs> but they might not be and we don't really know well you know so like everything's opening up up now and people can go to parties so like our like awkward conversation like icebreaker oh hey how's it going oh i haven't seen you in a while how have you been all good oh just wondering would you get on the a- sat test yeah like I, how was that for how you how was that let's talk about it Let's really unpack that. Everyone will be like, oh, I gotta go. I hear someone calling me. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> well, at that, do you want to say goodbye to our friends? 
we oh, talked a long time. Sure. <laughs> Goodbye, friends. Yeah, please um check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet us your SAT score. Yeah. But we won't judge you for it. We'll be proud of whatever your SAT score. For if real. you didn't take the SAT score, even better. Yeah. Yeah. Um tell us different measures of intelligence. Oh, that I would you love that. Of. Yeah, that don't matter. We're both <laughs> we're both designers and I think I admire people who just have like an eye for being good good design in every aspect not just like designing a graphic or something like home like interior design like the way they dress you know what i mean dude that's intelligence yeah so send us some more examples of intelligence and maybe when this episode airs we can do like a thing on our instagram where we have people reply to us like how do you measure intelligence or something that would be really cool yeah yeah or like create your own test and we'll take it it'll be great so so (laughs) our instagram and twitter is by the letter pod um and you can also email us if you want to tell us some ideas correct us correct us just say that you love us or hate us or hate us. we'll take it all <laughs> yeah so that is by the letter pod at gmail.com that's it and we appreciate you guys thank you for listening yeah thanks guys you know just just let us know what you want to learn about because we yeah. love to learn all right bye, bye. 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 bye.